Blog Talk Radio. This is All About Wine, the talk show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009. Featuring winemaker, cellar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert, Ron. Ron. Basically what we're trying to do on this program is just trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. From coast to coast and around the world. world. You know, we really have had some some neat people on the program. I, I just... I love that. Post your questions and comments during the live show on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. Again, that's www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. And now, All About Wine is on. Here's Ron. enough people that's enough settle down now drink a glass of wine be quiet all about wine is on this is ron and i'm the host and mike is usually my co-host but mike is not with us tonight mike is on an expedition over to fort lauderdale i think he said and so he'll be back next week but he's in fort lauderdale tonight so i've got the helm by myself we are not on Facebook or YouTube or Twitter or Instagram or any of those things tonight because Mike does that, and I don't. And he's the one that has it all in his computer, and he hits the buttons, and he does the tweets, and he does the Instagrams and all that during the show while I am talking. And since he's not here and I'm going to be talking, he will not be sending those out and so therefore if you are expecting twitters or instagram or youtube or facebook i'm sorry it's not happening tonight so and actually if you're looking at facebook or youtube right now and saying where's all about wine then it's not there because it's not hooked up so i guess mike might be plugging it in i don't know i'll have to check with him and see if he's going to plug it in so the episode will at least be on there for archives if it is great if it's not sorry but we are on all about wine right now i've got some things to tell you as always got some information to pass on to you and some stuff about wine if you are new to listening thanks for listening if you have been here a long time Thanks for staying with us. Really do appreciate it. And uh, we'll try to entertain if you're new so that you come back. And if you're not new, then you know what it's all about, so we don't have to worry about that. Okay. Yes, I am rambling a little bit, aren't I? Uh, Let's see what we got on. This is August the... 18th, uh, yes it is, isn't it? Well, August 18th, today is Pinot Noir Day. So if you have not opened a bottle of Pinot Noir, you should do so. 
and that is today. Actually, I don't know if that's national or international, but it is today. And then coming up next Thursday is Cabernet Day. And Cabernet Day is officially the Thursday before Labor Day. So it's always the Thursday before Labor Day. It's not always the 25th. So that will be coming up next Thursday. So be sure to set aside some bottles of cab. But you got your Pinot Noir Day today. And then uh, the Sunday the 28th is National Red Wine Day which looks like Red Wine Month going through here. We got a lot, No, I guess last last Sunday, and I didn't pass this on to you. Wow, I'm sorry. Last Sunday was International Rosé Day, and last Saturday was World Prosecco Day. Wow. So, uh, sorry I missed those for you. I usually tell you we had a guest last week, and I didn't get a chance to pass that stuff on to you. I actually, I did have a chance. I just missed it, so I apologize for that. Let's see what else we have on the calendar here coming up. Uh, today's the 18th, which is National Fojita Day. So get yourself some uh, bubbly. Get yourself some Prosecco or something and have it with your free fajita today. Tomorrow, National Potato Day, and it doesn't say how the potato is to be prepared, so I guess baked or fried or french fries or tots or chips or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. But tomorrow, National Potato Day, and since it doesn't say how, it gives you a whole bunch of possibilities of wine with it. So uh, enjoy a potato. I like a good potato. I like a good baked potato. I'm a, I'm a big fan of it. Saturday is not something to have with wine, but I want to pass on this World Honey Bee Day, and so uh, being World Honey Bee Day is something that we all need to be aware of. Bees are the lifeblood of food, so uh, respect the honeybees. Sunday is National Senior Citizens Day, which I think is Grandparents Day. Sunday's coming up is Grandparents Day, so if you have a grandparent then call them and wish them happy Grandparents Day because that's uh, something that is always nice to have as a grandparent, to have the grandkids call us and wish us happy Grandparents Day. And Monday World, oh my gosh, I'm, you know, I'm not a big fan of plant milk, so I'll skip over that. Tuesday, the 23rd, National Sponge Cake Day. And that leaves all sorts of possibilities, too, on how you prepare that sponge cake and all that. Uh, there's, you know, you can throw strawberries on it or blueberries or blackberries. You can install all sorts of stuff, chocolate on it. Sponge cake, if you're going to have sponge cake, go back to that Prosecco again or that bubbly. That would be good. And then, uh, like I say, next Thursday is Cabernet Day. Uh, just FYI. The 24th was the day that Pluto was demoted, became a non-planted, which sad for Pluto. I guess it's okay for everybody else, but Pluto no longer became a planted, and we're celebrating the anniversary of that on the 24th. So there you go. That's what's coming up here. 
over the next week. Uh, I try to keep you informed on that stuff, and I have not been on top of that like I should lately. So uh, that should catch you up. All right, now uh, let's see what else I've got for you here. I've got different news items and stuff um, that I've found that I thought you might be interested in. And let's go to it and see what we can find here that we can talk about. Uh, cork tank. DM Cork Company. DM, D-I-A-M. DM, I think it's pronounced DM, has uh, said that they have done their job and they have finally came up with a cork that will not let air into it. Okay, in the past, using a piece of cork was a random act of hope. They say the cork could be very tight or very loose, and the winemaker could be lucky or unlucky. And then after five or six years of aging, the result could be reductive bottles, perfect bottles, or oxidized bottles. All three in the same batch, which, yeah, really, it does happen. Uh, the unfortunate part, you don't know. And the consumer doesn't know until they open it up and they go, oh, my gosh, this is bad. So the amount of oxygen that perme uh, penetrates the cork directly affects the aging of the wine. So it's essential to have a consistent control of the flow of the oxygen. And I have to point out something here, too. Yes, corks do breathe oxygen. I said that once, what was it, 10 years ago? This is 2212. No, oh, geez. Almost 18 years ago, I said that corks breathe. I was telling a group of people, and I had a couple of winemakers go, no, no, they don't. And I'm thinking, how could these winemakers not know? And so I apologized and went on from there. But since then, numerous times I have seen things and all that. Corks do breathe. Not a lot but they do breathe and so it it does help the aging of the wine and different things like that so i okay so so when you use a cork the elasticity will vary from cork to cork and tree to tree and that elasticity decreases over time so a high will take many years before the elasticity breaks down but when it does, the pressure against the glass decreases, and then oxygen goes around the cork instead of through it. And that's going to oxidize your wine. That's going to cause it to go bad. So 20 years ago, TCA contamination almost spelled the end of cork closures. And a lot of winemakers lost confidence in this, and they started to go to different alternatives and that's where we start to get our screw caps and our plastic closures and our rubber closures and composite corks and all sorts of stuff coming out because of the TCA contamination and they blamed everything on the cork which basically is the reason I mean the cork is one that causes it because it happens but having the cork exposed to any type of stuff could cause it to happen too. That's why when you get corks and the cork companies seal them in bags and they put uh, using nitrogen in the bag so that it's, it's 
safe from any type of contamination or anything. And then you dump them into the hopper, directly into the hopper, which you have sanitized and cleaned out before you start using it to cork the bottles. And you clean out all the stuff in that. So once everything is clean, you're not going to get contamination or cork taint or TCA. So it started to get worse, though, and they started to come out with more and more TCA, and people started to complain. So therefore, they switched over to other types of closures. But Diam uh, Boucher has came out with a new technology to eliminate cork taint. And they say it works. The company injured the cork by granulating it, removing the woody parts, and disinfecting it to remove more than 150 molecules that purified it. It says this technology enabled the, to guarantee the cork's elasticity and how much oxygen would penetrate the cork. And as a result, they can now choose the optimal maturity time of 2, 3, 5, 10, 30 years for their wine and be confident that the cork is not going to shrink and oxidize wine or pass on cork taint. Uh, and also, they're saying that some wines, 5, 10, 30 years for still wines, is still uh, possibilities out there. It's not going to... Uh, Go bad on them. So, new new thing out there. These engineered corks continue to evolve. Now they aren't just stopping with that age uh, or that problem and solving that. They're continuing to evolve and expand the uh, capabilities of what it's going to do and how much oxygen will pass through and all that. And they're starting to choose a cork to control the oxygen levels in the bottle uh, and how long you want to age it, which is going to affect the color and the aroma and all that in the wine, the, the total profile of the wine. So corks are now being engineered by Diem. I think it's DM, yeah, DM. Corks are, I, I see a couple names here and that was referring to and that's why I hesitated. Corks are now being engineered by DM to be able to choose, wineries be able to choose corks for how long you want to age the wine or if you don't want to age it at all. I mean, you tell people the, you know, most wines aren't aged and that just reminds me of something there too. I saw a statistic where it says 95% of wines that are purchased are drank within the first 24, 48 hours, something like that. So most wines aren't aged. Most wines are going taken home and drank. But if you do want to age them, then wineries can choose the cork to let the oxygen level and to age them properly. Which is pretty cool. I suppose that's something you can put on the label. Uh, and that would be sort of neat. This this wine will age under proper conditions for a certain period of time. And, you know, I don't know. I've never seen that, but I suppose it could be added. So there you go. And Diem is uh, making uh, special corks. That's, that's pretty pretty cool, actually. It really is a pretty cool thing for them to do. Okay, Fetzer. 
Fetzer Vineyards, everybody knows Fetzer. Fetzer is very popular, and Fetzer has been around for a long time. But you might not see it too much anymore. Fetzer Vineyards is one of the leading organic wineries in the U.S. And I bet you didn't know that since you've just seen these boxes and all sorts of stuff like that around. But Fetzer is one of the leading things. They announced that the first of this month that it is adopting the operating name of Bontira Organic Estates. So as of, let's see the date, August the 2nd, Fetzer no longer is Fetzer. Fetzer is now Bontira Organic Estates, B-O-N-T-E-R-R-A. Uh, the name affirms the company's commitment to regenerative organic farming. And we've talked about regenerative farming and organic. And uh, the, the new name applies to the company's corporate identity as well as Mendocino Vineyard Holdings and Winery. It will encompass the company's California wine brands, including, and these are all Fetzer brands, Fetzer, 1,000 Stories, and Bontira. And uh, Bontira wines out there. I'm sure you've seen them. Bontira Organic Estates communicates the ethos of our California-based business and aligns with our dedication to regenerative organic farming says Giancarlo Bianchetti, who is the CEO. We are embarking on a new chapter in which we trailblaze advancements in regenerative organic practices while honoring the deep roots of the Fetzer family legacy. So there you go, new name. You won't see Fetzer on boxes anymore. I'm sure they have uh, a inventory of them that they have to get rid of. But... They are switching over to Bontira Organic Estates. A lot of people are familiar with Fetzer because of the box wines. I guess they're going to be going, all of them. Uh, I, you know, you just sort of think so. If they change the name, they're not going to keep anything um, without changing everything. It says that uh, Bontera was born out of the Fetzer Vineyard Winery in the late 1980s. And it's one of the fastest-growing premium wine brands in the U.S. Uh, thanks to awareness and consumer demand, because it's wines made with organic grapes. Hey, I, you know, it keeps on saying this organic grapes. I, I was looking. Well, I've gotten Bonterra Organic Estates before, and I knew that was organic, but I didn't know all of Fetzer was organic. So that's interesting. It says, and I quote, in evaluating the Bontira name, we are building on our decades of environmental stewardship coupled with the innovative leadership styles and business acumen of our parent company, Vino Concha y Toro. Hmm. They're owned by Vino Concha y Toro, which is a South um, Chilean company, actually. So I didn't know that. I didn't know they owned them. All right. Well, here we go. Let me read you. This is about Bontur Organic Estates. As a certified B Corporation, uh, it is grounded in transformation of those as a regenerative business. And its founding 
since its founding, the winery has been driven by excellence and it's, you know, all that good stuff, of course, they are, they all are, with a focus on crafting wines made from organic and regenerative organic certified grapes. Bontero Organic Estates produces leading wine brands from its facility in Mendocino County, California, including category leader Bontero, named the 2016 Wine Enthusiast American Winery of the Year, Sustainability Standout Fetzer, and 1,000 Stories, California's Original Bourbon Barrels Wine. So, I wonder, you know, Sustainability Standout Fetzer, I wonder if the name Fetzer is going to be changed on the boxes, because they do a whole line of box wines, a whole bunch of box wines. They do a white or red, a chillable red, I think. They do a uh, rosé and... And a few varietal names. Hmm. I wonder if the box is going to change and become Bonterra Estates uh, organic. Hmm. We'll find out, I guess. We'll start looking on the shelves and seeing what's happening on the shelves. That's about the only way we're going to be able to keep up on that, I suppose. Unless I can get a hold of them. They don't have a phone number, but maybe they do on their website. Let me see. Bonterra.com. This site is intended for legal drinking age. You got to click OK. And if I were not of legal drinking age, I could click OK anyway. Uh, Biodynamically farmed wines, organically farmed wines. Hmm. Three single vineyard limited release wines grown on our biodynamic ranches and produced using biodynamic biodynamic practices designed to promote and enhance biodiversity and biological activity in the soil. Huh. Well, that's interesting. I'm going to have to read their whole whole website here. Uh, well, here, describe or subscribe to our mailing list and receive an email with 15% off code for your next purchase. So, um, well, why don't we do that? Let's see. Oh, about wine 101 at Gmail. All right, there you go. And that is our address. So if you need to get in touch with me, you can do that. All about wine101gmail.com. Bontero Organic Estates. You can go to that. That is their address, too, by the way. Or you can go to bontero.com. B O N T E R R A. Bontero.com. Um, oh, interesting site. I'll have to follow up and read some more on that. That looks like it. I've just always thought Fetzer was Fetzer. I mean, just, yeah, it's Fetzer. And so you just sort of don't think about it anymore. But I guess they have advanced to something more. Oh, never mind. Okay, let me find something else. I didn't, I didn't mark down the notes I want to talk about tonight, so I'm just going to have to uh, uh 
or cesspool DOC 100. And here's an interesting headline. It says, Contraditorial doubles down on organic wines in the U.S. Well, you want to know why? It's because they just, they, they own Fetzer. I would think that would be the reason, don't you? It makes sense to me. Hmm. Shankin News Daily. I wonder if this is all about wine, the Shankin News Daily. Now it's about spirits and wine and everything. So, But Gunsardural is total 1.8 million cases in the U.S. last year. So probably part of that is that they are owners of Fetzer. Hmm. Okay, well, let's go back and take a look at this. And uh, nope, nothing more there on that that I want to talk to you about. But there is on that. And where is it? Hmm, sorry. I didn't make, I usually write down a note or two. Uh, Okay, this is something I want to talk to you about. An invasive species threatens Ontario's wine and grape industry. Okay, we want to know which one. The spotted lanternfly. It's spreading. It's spreading. Spotted lanternfly from Southeast Asia was first discovered in Pennsylvania. And now it is in Ontario's wine and grape growing industry district. Uh, it was detected in New York State, not far from Niagara, which is another problem because there's a big growing area in the Niagara region, which also is just up the river, literally, from the Hudson Valley. And so it's a concern. It likes to feed on grapevines. It's a lot of destruction of grapevines and also fruit trees in that area, especially west of Niagara areas, full of fruit trees because of the, the water climate. It stops it. So it is being found in in the Niagara region. It's a hurry-up-and-wait situation uh, they're saying that they know it's invading northern New York and will make its way to Canada, uh, but they don't know when and what to do. Uh, it sucks the sap out of grapevines, causes them to collapse. And it's really, you know, what they're saying that happens there. It's, and it has nothing that can really stop it yet. You know, uh, they're... Uh, uh, concern because if left unchecked, insects could devastate vineyards uh, in a matter of a season, which each vineyard in there an acre is $45,000 to replant and get going. Then it takes about four or five years to get it up to full production. Invasive pest, an aggressive pest, and they've already done millions of dollars of damage in Pennsylvania. That's where it started in Pennsylvania. And they're saying that now uh, the damage caused by an insect in Pennsylvania is between $43 million and $99 million. Um, wow. 
they don't know for sure. It's a uh, uh, ongoing thing, early detection everywhere to try to stop it. But it is spreading, and uh, spreading too much uh, to really control. Insects can be identified if you have not seen them. Uh, insects can be identified by their color. They're, they fly, but they look something like a locust with big pink wings with black dots on them. Uh, when you see them on there, I don't know. It doesn't say on this article, and I don't remember reading how big they are. Uh, no. They do go three, through a three life cycle. Uh, the eggs are brown seed-like, and they're covered in gray. Uh, they're sort of a mud color, and they've got this gray mud color secretion on them. Usually found grouped together, but they can be laid on any surface, including cars and lawn furniture and patio furniture and stuff like that. Then the nymphs grow in four stages, starting out with black and white spots, and as they mature, they gain red spots with distinctive patches of black and white. And then adults have wings that are approximately one inch long. And they have black and gray spots but appear bright red when the wings are open. So the wings are approximately one inch long. I guess the insect would be about an inch and a quarter uh, that size. Insects are most often found on and near the the tree of heaven, a common plant that is also invasive in the region. So, well, let it kill the tree. If spotted, take photos, take note the location, and let people know. Uh, he said, if you want to kill it, step on it, squish it. That's it. I mean, you know, no. No humane way to do it. Just step on the bug. And because of the rising temperatures going north, the longer growing season is giving them time to spread more. So um, Canada, Ontario, concerned. But anywhere in the northeast needs to be concerned. And it not only gets into grapevines, but also other stuff. Grapevines being its favorite meal, and it will kill it. So, spotted lanternfly. Oh, boy, what a problem. I first told you about that, what was it, a year ago? A year and a half ago? I don't know. I can't remember. But it's still out there and it's still causing problems. And you need to keep keep an eye out for it. Okay, let's see what else we've got here. Uh, Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, here we go. I've told you about the winery. Oh, geez, I, I can't think of it. That's why I need Mike to remind me. The winery that's offering the uh, apprenticeship job every year so that people can you know, work as an apprentice and then possibly be hired on. And they hired a couple girls last year. Well... They're not the only one. Unshackled Wine. It's called the Prisoner Wine Company. Unshackled is 
to pay $75,000 to one person ready to unshackle from the status quo. Okay, that sounds a little ominous, I think, doesn't it? Well, it says that the, the idea of sitting through another video call in your cramped home office is making you cringe or the thought of returning to the office water cooler makes you call in sick, consider this your sign that you've been waiting for. It's been called the great resignation, the great reshuffling and the great consideration as employees challenge convention by quitting their jobs and make changes to help them live life to the fullest. And it's been going on ever since COVID, it's been going on. And in response to this trend, Unshackled, a wine brand founded with the purpose of challenging the conventions of luxury wine, is offering $75,000 to one person ready to break free from the day-to-day grind to pursue their dreams. Yeah, wouldn't we all like that? The Great Unshackling is what they're calling it. It invites individuals to embrace their passions without limitations, whether it be through a project, a new career, ambitious side hustle, or creative pursuit, and is doing uh, doling out $75,000 to make it happen. Want to design your own capsule collection? Have at it. Want to create a speakeasy Instagram only bakery Speakeasy Instagram only bakery out of your kitchen. Be our guest. What are they trying to do here? At Unshackle, we believe that labels are limiting. Conventions are for challenging and rules are for rewriting. And when it comes to wine, we are doing just that, says the general manager, Bacola Agundeo. Now we want to encourage others to do the same in their lives. We want this $75,000 to give someone the same freedom we had when we launched Unshackled to follow their passions and chart their own course. (laughs) Well, between now and September 7th, so you've got yourself two weeks or three weeks, passion pursuers are invited to enter by posting a video on Instagram using the hashtags Hashtag the Great Unshackling Contest, or hashtag 21, and tagging and following Unshackled Wines, or at Unshackled Wines. A panel of judges will evaluate entries based on originality, feasibility, and sincerity to select five finalists. Consumers will then be able to vote on their favorite entry. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. Uh, there's a little disclaimer there. Open to U.S. residents 21 order. Starts at 12 a.m. Eastern Time on 8-10-2022. So you're a good week into it now. And ends on 11:59 Eastern Time on 9-7-2022. And for official rules, visit http com slash pages slash the, the dash great dash unslacking hashtag rules. I guess I can post that up on Facebook for you. It says, born from the prisoner wine company, Unshackle was created by director of winemaking Chrissy 
Whitman and her team of winemakers to rewrite the rules of luxury winemaking for today's modern consumer, much the way the prisoner did 20 years ago. Unshackled offers a Cabernet Sauvignon, red blend, Sauvignon Blanc, sparkling, sparkling rosé, and a new Chardonnay. They are available at unshackledwines.com and all major U.S. markets. Uh, you can follow along the great or with the great unshackling on Instagram in real time at unshackled wines. Unshackled wines. That's the unshackled wines. Let me click on this. Let me see if there's anything interesting on their website. Are you 21? Why, yes, I am. Okay. The great unshackling experience on new Chardonnay. Unshackled from, let's see, Blend Chardonnay, Aroma 2021 Chardonnay, the best of California. There's a picture of Chrissy. And, okay, let's, let's join her email. And I have read and agreed to the terms. Yeah, don't we all? Okay. Uh, So let's see, the great unshackling is what this says here. Let's see if it says, find out what happens next. Uh, okay, sign up for 10% off. I don't want to do that now. I'll do that later. What is the great unshackling? Why is unshackled doing the great unshackling? How can I enter? How can I enter the great unshackling? How will the winner be selected? I'm a finalist, friend, whatever. How can I vote? Who are the, what are the rules? Okay, everything's on there. So go to, go to what the, well, this is under the Prisoner Wine Company. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, Unshackled, I'm sure we'll get you there. Uh, Our Unshackled Wines, if it doesn't. And you can see the rules and you can see all the stuff that they're offering and everything there and their wines and sign up for their newsletters and everything else. Unshackled Wines. I don't need, you've got to go to that. Yeah, Unshackled Wines. U-N-S-H-A-C-K-L-E-D-W-I-N-E-S dot com. Uh, but uh, $75,000 to pursue your dream. And you can, if they find it interesting enough, they will give you $75,000. The personal wine company is located on Highway 29 in St. Helena and welcomes visitors year-round for unexpected immersive experiences. Mm-hmm. I, unexpected probably charge you a lot of money for a tasting if they do that. Okay. Uh, let's see. else is here that... Uh, Venters are trying to do what they can to find water. It is dry a lot of places, not just in California, but everywhere it's getting dry. I just saw something before I hooked up tonight to this, and the national news was talking about the drought in New York. And... uh, 
but it is everywhere, Washington, Oregon, and California, and uh, just everywhere. They're trying to find water so that they can get into uh, water for their plants. So they are using an ancient old method called a dowser. I don't know if you're familiar with a dowser. A dowser is a, a sticks you see, but I, I suppose you can use other materials. But it's bent so that you can hold it with your hands basically facing towards you, and the thing bends out forward, and you slowly walk around, and the dowser, the sticks will bend down if you found water. Some people swear by it. There are dowsers out there who have been doing it for years, and they say, yes, it works. There's it used to be really popular back during the Dust Bowl. People would call people in, although obviously they didn't find water in the Dust Bowl because of, well, extremely poor farming practices all over the place. So no matter how much water they found, they weren't going to be able to save the, that. But I, I go on here. But they've used the Dowser, uh, uh, Jeff Andrews of the Andrews Family Vineyards and Troth Wines in Prosser, Washington, says we've used the Dowser for every well on the family property. Hmm, there you go. Uh, as, as climate change intensifies, vineyards are turning to high-tech tools for water scarcity solutions. And some of those are bringing it in, paying high prices, but they are also turning to old school methods. Water divining, you might have heard it, dousing or water doodling, all different names that has been used for. And I've always heard dousing, but, uh, you know, water doodling is another. Uh, so, the Jeff Andrews of Andrews Family Vineyard and Troth Wines said in 1956, Andrew's grandfather employed a dowser to locate the land's first well site. That well transformed the Andrews family farm from a dusty sagebrush desert into a thriving wheat food crop and cattle concern. Eventually, grapes replaced cattle, and today they have 1,300 acres of vineyards in the Horsehaven Hills AVA all from dowsing back in 1956. My granddad used to say he wasn't sure if he believed in well witching, but he never drilled a well without it, said the fourth generation farmer. 56, now that fourth generation, it can't be from the, the that father because that's not enough years and it calls it a fourth generation, but you know, whatever. In California, They've experienced drought and wildfires. Waters became scarce, but the dwindling water supply is something that you know people are really getting. What's happening in California is seventy-two to seventy-five percent of all water pulled from the Colorado River is goes to farming. 
And so, therefore, the water that normally goes to houses and peoples and lawns and all that has been cut back. Farming, you can get water. And let me let me tell you a little something I just recently found out. You can get water in California if you want to pay the price for it. Water for the farmers is like $2 an acre foot, which is uh, a foot of water on an acre. $2 an acre foot. And so they use a lot of it. If you at home, say in... Uh, Los Angeles or one of the suburbs want to fill up your swimming pool, you don't get it for $2 an acre foot because the farmers are subsidized by the government, the U.S. government, and so therefore that's why it's so cheap because the government's paying for a lot of that. The farmer's only paying $2. But if you want to fill up, it's going to cost you something like $1,500 an acre foot, which is a lot of money. It really is. Uh, desalination plants have been talked about. Don't know if those will work enough to get them on. Anytime they try to do desalination plants anywhere in the country, it hasn't really worked as well as they had hoped or it didn't work at all. In fact, they tried to build one around the Tampa Bay area here, and it was a big deal until it wasn't and they quit talking about it, and it just never worked properly. So you can get water in California, but the best way, I guess, is uh, get it from the government. By far, it is uh, cheaper to buy it from the government than it is to pump it out of the ground. Uh, But they're clamping down on water so much that the farmers are forced to either go out of business or drill some wells so they can have some water for their crop. And divining is becoming a very popular method. Um, the Napa Valley, Valley's famed family winery, Mandavi, discovered uh, his own dousing skills at the age of 17 when the father of his girlfriend took him to the vineyard and showed him how to do it. And so, so he dug wells on that. It says here, the mysterious process of dousing uses a variety of instruments that react to the presence of underground waterways, metal or, or other, other hidden treasures, depending on what you're looking for. Mandavi, who douses for water worldwide, says the feeling is indescribable. I know the rods will move before they move. I can't explain how I know it's a sensation. So this is a great grandson, our grandson of the original Bandavi, who founded the winery. Never scientifically proven. Dowsing, though, remains very popular tool for farmers all around the world. It's not just in California. Uh, Mandavi finds an uptick in the practice in California because people are digging their own wells. The drought's impacting most of the farmers. And so they're looking for water. And to dig in and try to drill a well when you're not going to find water can get very expensive. So, you know, you got to know water's down there. Uh, And let's see. Well, here's a story that they tell here about dowsing. 
says the four basic steps you need to learn how to douse. Sensitize the body. You must be clean and rested and in good health without breakdowns or pain. Then you should wear very loose and comfortable clothes. Avoid footwear with rubber soles because that becomes insulating and the body must be connected to the earth as much as possible. It would be best if you went without shoes completely. Okay, that's step number one. Number two, clarify the mind. You must be free of tensions and worries. Be relaxed and concentrate to visualize the target as sharply and consistently as possible. Water underground, okay? And he says, number three, ask correctly. When concentrating on our goal, we must ask in a brief and very clear way so that the only possible answers are yes or no. Many times what we want to know must be asked in parts and in different ways before reaching an accurate conclusion. All these skills can be developed with training, just like any language. And bronze rods, they act as an amplifier while facilitating the reading of answers. The rods are held parallel in the hand and respond by yes when they close and cross each other or no when they open in opposite directions. So you're talking to the rods. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, uh, this is how it's done. You know, you, you're talking to the rods. If they cross each other, then uh, they are finding water. You ask them, is this water? And they answer your question by crossing and stuff. Let me, uh, let me read this while we're talking about dousing. The legend of El Loco. And this ties into wine. You say, how does this, you know, because they need wine water for the vineyards out in California is becoming serious in some of the areas. And not just in California, New York State and Pennsylvania and a lot of places have problems. Dowsers play a prominent part in the viability of international vineyard projects. 1999, Swiss businessman and winery owner Donald Hess of the Hess Collection and you've seen the Hess collection. I know you have. It's, it's out there. Some some high end wines. He purchased a vineyard high in the Calchequi valleys of Argentina. And I'm sure I pronounced that wrong. The prior owner had unsuccessfully attempted to plant vines for 60 years in the unforgiving arid high altitude area. Despite these dire warnings, Hess, who is a gifted dowser himself, walked the land using a pendulum to find water. After locating a spot, he drove three hours to the nearest town of Salta to hire a well driller. Hess stayed with the drillers for six consecutive days and nights. On the sixth day, the crew struck water at 656 feet. Hess Christian, the vineyard El Areno, Spanish for Sandy. Locals dubbed Hess El Loco. <laughs> yeah, well, that would make sense. Rather than plant vineyards first, Hess instead built housing with potable water for all of the indigent, indigent, 
indigenous, I can't pronounce that right, right? Uh, families living around El Arno. Normally, when someone buys a company, they grow it in order to get back the investment, says Javier Garnet, vineyard manager at Bodega Colum, one of Hess's collections for Argentinian projects. Donald changed everything. He brought water to the people between 2001 and 2003. He made a better life for the people first, then he started on the vineyards. Ultimately, Hess's dowsing skills impacted not just his vineyard and community, but the region itself. Because Donald found water here and was very successful with his wine, now other people are interested in buying land and plan on making other vineyards. Presently, the Calchiqua, Calchiqua, Calchiqua Valley's more than 10,378 acres of vines. Wow. There's your story about dowsing. All right. Um, let's see. Well, here we got a little bit more to finish it. Eventually, he has passed along the, his dowsing knowledge to Grenet. Ask how he thinks the process works. The vineyard manager says, when we talk about dowsing, we refer to different magnetic exchanges that occur between different objects. This means the proper choice of antenna or indicator element is vital. Common options include pendulums, plant rods, rods such as willow branches, and metal rods. Each varies in sensitivity or application of magnetic signals received. And then again, the ways that you have to, techniques to train, sensitize the body, clarify the mind, ask correct questions, and use bronze rods. So dowsing is being used to get water for vineyards, and it seems to be working. Well, that's sort of cool, I think. I mean, yeah, why not? Uh, let's see. I had something else I was going to tell you about and it's not on this let me go see if it's on this I think it was uh, no here we go this is just from a couple of days ago smoke threatens to choke Bordeaux they're having problems there. I mean, the whole region is warming up and everything. Earlier this summer, on July 12th, Bordeaux faced its first fire, which went on to consume over 14,000 hectares in 12 days. And it has forced 10,000 residents to flee in as 8 and 7,000 hectares in two days, when it will die down is anyone's guess. But the wine searcher spoke to... A Louis Pasquat and asking what is happening there in real time. He says the, it's worse than the first time. It's worse than July 12th because the peat burns, and that is to say the fire advances through the ground and you don't see it. It makes holes in the ground and it goes from one clearing to another without seeing it. Okay, there are more than 1,000 firefighters deployed to fight the flames, but there are, were 2,000 deployed for the first fire, and so far the Army has not gotten involved. 
Heavy smoke hangs over the Bordeaux region. Today we smell the smoke in the Medoc. We smell the smoke in St. Medard. We can smell the smoke in Graz, in Sauternes, and throughout the area. Oh my gosh, I didn't realize that smoke was that big of a problem there. Uh, another factor concerning the smoke is its tendency to linger, causing a blanket to set. And that could, like we've talked before, smoke taint on the, the grapes. And this is a bad time of year to have smoke in the area, too, because the vines, you know, the grapes are sitting there on the vine and all that. Uh, it's, it's not not a good thing. Uh, they're still pushing through, though, and the harvests take place next week in most of the regions, uh, beginning with the white wines and then into the salt churns. But... Smoke taint may be an issue this year, so they don't know yet. You don't know until you make them. They might employ the new new things they're saying that can mitigate smoke taint. We don't know. We'll find out what's going on. I'll see if there's a new new article about this before long, but as of right now, they're not saying what's going on. But the, the peat is burning, and uh, that is not a good thing at all there, and that gets underground. Uh, he's saying, the story is the orchestra that continues to play, but the boat is cut into Bordeaux. It's like the Titanic. Uh, that's, that's sad. All right, so... Well, look at this. It's almost 8 o'clock, and we are done for this evening. Uh, we will be back next week. We don't have a guest next week as of yet. I've been talking to some people, but uh, nothing has been confirmed. So you can always check the site, Facebook, and YouTube maybe putting up this show on there. I don't know how that works, if you can put it up after the fact. Uh, I'm sure that there is some way possible, but I don't know. But if he does, great. If he doesn't, then, you know, sorry we missed you this week. Tune into the show. You know how to find it. And we will be back next week with another episode of All About Wine. Y'all stay safe out there and uh, you know, if you're in areas that have drought, you know, get out your divining sticks and your dowsers and you know, find some water for your place. If you're having heat like it is all over the country, hydrate, drink a lot, and stay safe. Don't forget, next Thursday is Cabernet Sauvignon Day. And so you can get an early start before the show comes on drinking your Cabernet Sauvignon. And we will see you next week. Be safe and uh, have yourself a good week. This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine with your host, Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on this show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. 
Archived shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine.